You can be seated. Good morning. Uh, I'm James Russo. I'm the youth minister here. I've been given the privilege and opportunity to be able to um, take hold of the of the service today. We are truly blessed to um, have this opportunity to share what happens on our ski retreat. Uh, it's more than just a ski retreat. Uh, so today, if you would, I want you to uh, put yourself in the mindset of a teenager. Yeah, right. I don't know. We're a few of us are a few years removed of being a teenager. But what I'd like you to do is just um, go back to when you were a teenager. Um, maybe that one year that was the best year of your life as a teenager. Go back to that time. And today I want all of you to be teenagers and come along on the ski retreat and this journey with us. Will you do that? All right. So pray with me. Uh, dearest Lord, I just give you thanks and praise for this day. Father, I know that uh, when our youth come on the ski retreat, they're carrying baggage, stuff that they have issued with parents or school or friends, finances, Lord, just stuff going on in their life. Father, I got a whole room of teenagers today, and I just pray that you relieve their burdens, Lord. Lighten their load so they can fully hear your words today, Lord. Father, we want to see you move today. Lord, and may we glorify your name in all that we do and say. And Father, don't let me get in the way today of what you want to say. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, so we have, we missed the Thanksgiving service. Uh, is Mike on? We missed our Thanksgiving service and I have somebody who just, he just, he wanted to be able to share his Thanksgiving, but he was on the ski retreat. And uh, so I just asked Kiyoshi to come on up. All right, so Kiyoshi, uh, you wanted to give Thanksgivings for 2016 and what God's done in your life. And will you share a little bit with the congregation? Before I get started, Grandpa, can you come up here, please? For some of you, you may or may not know this, but when I was younger, I had a tragic life hit me hard. My dad ended up killing my mom when I was nine. And ever since then, I didn't have a mom or dad to look up to. But this man right here, I can call a man that I look up to as a dad. And I just want to give thank you for all the, for all the things that you did, did in my life and being there for me through this tragic life. I love you. I also love you too, Condon, and your brother. It's been, uh, since 2005, it's, it's been rough. And what brought me through it is that cross. And you people, everybody here who has done so much for my two grandkids, I can't thank you enough. I don't want you to praise me. Praise God. He's the one that made me do what I do. And I, I can't say anything more. Thank you so much. All right. Um. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Well, this is a, a part of being a teen. I mean, we, we have struggles and we have issues, you know. Y'all know that. Y'all are teenagers. You're going through stuff. But we leave all that stuff behind today. All right, when we're on this retreat, we leave all the baggage back in Jacksonville. And we go off to West Virginia, snow skiing. Um, and we have a fun time, a great time. But we don't just go there to go skiing. We go there to have an encounter with God. And these kids have an encounter with God every time we go. I, I just, you know, I can't wait for all of y'all teenagers to go next year. Can't wait. All right, so, so the theme for this year was more to this life. Clicker working? All right. Is there an own button, Brooke? All right, there we go. All right. So that's our, this is our group. It uh, was 36 of us. Now, this was 5.30 in the morning, so you've got to excuse us. I mean, it's hard to get up that early and be here. Um, and then, so you, could, can you turn the lights on on this slideshow right here? This right here is, uh, we go to, uh, on our way there, we have great food to eat. Now, the whole entire trip, we eat really good. Now, we don't eat good food, but we really eat good. <laughs> All right? And uh, we have a great time. I mean, we, this is meant to have fun. This is going to be the best time of their life. It's going to be great. All right, so this was uh, winter place. Now, usually the snow is all over the trees and on the mountaintops, and all it is is covered with snow. But this year it was a little warm. It was uh, it's warm in here. It was 58 degrees there. We were skiing in T-shirts and, and sunglasses. It was really it was awesome. It was great. Um, even we made the best of it. Now, the snow was low, so we had to make a low snowman. <laughs> usually when you were up on these lifts, you're freezing. This is the time where you hate it the most. When you're on the lift, you're usually just freezing like this. Your toes, your fingers, because you're not working. You're not generating heat. But here, actually, we're probably sweating. It was really warm on the lifts. Um, this is the top of the mountain. Uh, if you see the guy in the blue shirt with his hands put up like this, uh, he said something that was truly amazing to me. I've never heard it before. We were on top of the mountain. He says, everybody wants an island of their own, just a beachfront property. Give me the top of a mountain. Give me the mountain. I've never heard that before. It was, it was really unique. Awesome. He goes, a group here. We were just about to go down on the slopes, uh, catch the lift and ride up. But again, it was sunny. It was really nice. The weather was, it wasn't cold. A lot of people enjoy the, the, the warm weather. This is a group here. Right behind us is the lodge, which is winter place. They always take care of us. Uh, they karaoke. We didn't, we didn't karaoke this year. I heard I was drafted to karaoke, but I snuck out. I wasn't going to do it this year. And then that's the slope at nighttime. We get an opportunity to ski at night on Saturday. Uh, totally, we ski about 12 hours uh, the entire weekend. And we, we I mean, we're out there. Two days, 12 hours, we're putting it on it. We're really getting out there skiing, having fun, and getting worn out. Now, it's been about, uh, all right, you can turn the lights back on. It's been about 18 years, uh, 17 years for me going on the ski retreat, but 30 plus years that All Souls has been having the ski retreat. All right? We can clap on that, 30 plus years. And I tell you what, the adults that go on this retreat can testify. God goes to work when we're there. And I just want to stop right now and thank all the adults. You know who you are. Everyone who went on the ski retreat, who worked on the ski retreat, who, who taught, 
who prayed for it. I just want to thank y'all. Y'all know who you are. I love y'all, man. It's always awesome having y'all on this trip. But this is where the rubber meets the road. Um, this is our meeting space. And we go in there and we, we, we worship. We have games. We, we, we pray for each other. We have lessons. We pray. We worship. And we repeat. And this is where God comes and meets us at. It, it's, it's really awesome. Um, and again, here we are in a circle. We're a community when we're there. I wish we had, and maybe we do, that community here at All Souls, like these youth. I'm telling you what, they love being with each other. You know, they love being with each other. So, I want to tell you all a little bit about what they learned this weekend. Alright? Y'all are about this because y'all are teenagers. You're a part of this. More to this life. There's more to this life than just the food that we eat and the clothes that we wear. Um... But we desire more all the time. We desire more. All of us do. Alright, so just imagine, because I, I left my props at home. Just imagine I have a $20 bill in this hand, right? Nice, crisp $20 bill. And, and I said, I got a box full of them back here. And by the showing of hands, if I were to give you this, who would take this free $20 bill? No strings attached. Okay, Y'all are teenagers, so if you're not raising your hand, you'd take that $20, right? Now, if I drew out of this pocket a nice $100 bill, and yeah, it doesn't have the same effect when you don't have the $100 bill. Uh, so when I bring out this $100 bill and I say, okay, now which one would you rather have, the $20 bill or the $100 bill? By show of hands, which one would rather have the $100 bill, right? That's everybody. You know, we desire more. And if given the opportunity... We're going to take more. We're going to take more. Who here has ever been to a buffet? Right? You roll up in a buffet, you get your plate, you go over there to the bar, you serve up one serving, right? You see some stuff, oh, I'll come back and get that. You go eat, you're probably full at this time, but guess what? It's a buffet. I'm going back for more. So you go back and get more. After that second plate, maybe even a third plate, you're sitting there, oh... Dessert. <laughs> right, if given the opportunity, we're going to take more. All right, so now y'all are a teenager, but put yourself in the mindset of an 18-year-old teenage boy. All right? So now everybody in this room is an 18-year-old teenage boy. Now this kid here, for four years, he's been dreaming of his dream car. And he's been saving every penny. His allowance, when he cuts yards, he's been sticking it in a jar. I mean, anytime he gets any money for, for, for birthdays or Christmas, man, he's saving it. For four years he's saved. Now his mom and dad has put him over the top, give him that little extra he needs to go find his dream car. And he searches and searches and he finds it. Boom. 1976 Chevy Camaro Super Sport. <laughs> Woo! Boy, he gets in that thing, and he is the talk of the town in his mind. He's the best thing on the road. You've been there, maybe. I don't know. But he's sitting while He's sitting in this car, man. Everybody's looking at him. It's fantastic. Six months later, it ain't as fantastic as it used to be. So what do you do? Boom, racing stripes, baby, right? So now you pull up at the red light, and you're sitting there. Boom, 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 boom. Somebody pulls up beside you. They want to race you. Boom, boom. 
Now everything's happening. People are looking at you. The girls, man, that's an awesome car. I got the racing stripes. Six months later, what? Man, what can I do now? Wow, hood scoop. You bore out the pistons, more power. New rims and tires. Refinish the interior, sound system. All of that stuff. Now, it took a year to get here, but man, guess what? That boy from 14 years old dreamed about a 1976 Camaro Supersport, silver. And when he got it, it was fantastic. But it wasn't enough. More. More. Maybe it's clothes you want more of. All right? Maybe it's shoes. Ladies, I know I guarantee we can go look in your closet. Some of y'all. And you can count shoes and, and you couldn't count them all in 10 seconds. I bet you couldn't. You know, I see y'all looking around. I see it. Maybe it's technology. Maybe it's, it's finances. Maybe it's your house. Oh, yeah, you're, you're a teenager. You don't have a house yet. Um, but maybe it's just more that you want, something that you desire more of. We all desire. We want more. All right. So can anybody tell me who this is? Mark Bunnell. Y'all probably know him better like this. So let me tell you this. Y'all are teenagers. All of y'all. In about 10 to 15 years, you're going to be 28 years old. All right? Now just imagine if I told you, when you turn 28 years old, that you're going to have $15 million cash in your bank account. And you're going to have a net worth of about $50 million. By raising your hands, who would say, I'm content with that? I would be content with $15 million in cash in the bank, right? It wasn't enough for Mark. Now, Mark's a great guy here. He's a Christian, a follower of the Lord. But that wasn't enough. He wanted more. So he invested. I'm not saying more is bad. I'm not saying investing is bad. But he desired more. Um, the business he did was um, a Whataburger, and, and he invest, invested in some real estate, and it all bottomed out for him. If you Google him today, he has a net worth of about $100,000. Now, I'm not snubbing my nose at $100,000. I'll take that all day long. But what I'm saying is we just desire more, 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 more. How do you like it? How do you like it? All right. <laughs> it's in our DNA, it's in our makeup, it's, it's, it's part of who we are, that desire for more, right? Who out here, by raising your hand, doesn't desire more? More of anything. You don't desire more? Oh, he do. Okay, don't put your hand up. I said, who doesn't desire more? Everybody's hands down, that's right. All right. So let's see what King Solomon said about this. Uh, we had a reading today in Ecclesiastes, and, and it speaks, uh, King Solomon says a few things about that wanting more. You see, he did some investigating. He did some on-site investigating. You know, he lived it. He said, let's check out and see what uh, men gain by his toils under the sun. And one of the first things he said is that the eye never has enough of seeing and the ear never has its fill of hearing. Some of y'all, who likes the, the next movie coming out? Can't wait. Star Wars is coming out. Man, I just can't wait for that movie to come out. Or maybe the next song, just, man, I can't wait for them to release their new album. You know, we want to see, we want to hear, we want what's new, we want more. We're not satisfied with what we have. 
And then he says in 17, I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly. But I learned this too was a chasing after the wind. Meaningless. There's nothing new under the sun. Now, this is directed toward you young folks. Y'all, I know y'all, I'm looking at the young folks here. The technology today, yeah, we didn't have it back in the past. They didn't have it back when Solomon was there, but it doesn't matter. We still want more of whatever there is that's out there. We want the more. Then in Ecclesiastes, he also says, I thought, I thought in my heart, come and let's test and see what pleasures are good. And I'm going to tell you what, he gave into it too. He took on projects. He built houses. I'm, I know about building houses. I love building houses. He built houses and parks and, and, and gardens. And he, 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 he consumed uh, whatever he wanted to. He had the most livestock of anybody ever. He was the richest man ever. The wisest man ever. He did everything he wanted to do. Anything he wanted to take on, he did. And a little bit deeper it says... I deny myself nothing. I refuse my heart no pleasure. Anything he wanted to do, he did it. And everything. So that nobody can hear and say, but, but, he did everything. But look what happens, what he says. Yet when I survey all that my hands have done, and what I have toiled to, toiled to achieve, everything is meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. Ponder on that. So James, you're saying, I know what you're thinking. You're saying that everything I've worked for and achieved for all my life is meaningless? You're saying that, that, that the hard work I put in, the education I got, the things I've did, the important stuff that I've done is meaningless? I'm not saying that. King Solomon's saying that. All right, let's don't kill the messenger here. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just saying what he said. All that stuff is meaningless. So he's done everything that's possible. Anything that you could ever do in life, he's seen it, he did it, he had it. And he said it was meaningless. But we've got to look at his point of view. Where was he coming from? You see, Solomon was speaking of an aspect of a human life. Now, he spoke about everything was under the sun. If you read this, Ecclesiastes, everything was under the sun. He was speaking of a human experience here on earth without God. You can have everything that you want. And it's not going to fill that pit, that hole that's in you. You see, God created that hole in you. And we fill it with stuff. Whatever it is that you fill it with, we fill it with stuff, but it can't be filled. There's momentary times of enjoyment, but you're never going to have peace, and you're never going to be satisfied, not truly satisfied. Because that hole is so big, it can't be filled, but only by one thing. And that's what? What? It's a God-sized hole. And also, we desire more because God put that place in us desire so much that it would never be filled but anything but Him. That's what Solomon was saying. We can have everything, but without God, it's meaningless. 
It's pointless. We have to be in a relationship with God. We have to be. God has to be the more that we desire. Now, there's three things in this life that, that are vital to us. After we chase after this more, these are the three things that we do, do it for. To be accepted. Who in here has ever done anything to be accepted? Right? We do crazy stuff to be accepted. Because we want to be loved. We want to be cared for. You see, when we have Jesus, we are accepted. And John 1.12, it talks about when you find Christ, when you have Christ in your life, you become a child of God. You have been given the right to be called the child of God. We are accepted. Second is, we want to feel that we're significant, that we're important, that there's something important in our life that we do. Maybe we make a stand for something, right? In this world, we look for significance. Maybe it's in our jobs. Maybe it's in a relationship that we found. But nothing's going to make you feel more significant than being part of the body of Christ. I mean, you are a part of something here. When you're a believer, you're a part of something that's greater than you. You have importance. You are significant to Christ. In 1 Corinthians, it says that now you are the body of Christ. We hear that every Sunday. You are the body of Christ. Live it. And third is security. Raising your hands, I like participation. Who likes to feel safe here? Some of us, you know, lock our doors. Some of, of us have security systems. Some people have guns. I'm not saying any of those are wrong. I'm saying, but we like to feel secure. Maybe it's financial security. Maybe we stockpile our bank and our portfolio and our investments. Man, that's, this is giving me security for me and for my kids. That's security that we seek. But honestly, nothing's going to give you the security like Christ. Nothing. That peace in knowing that you know where you're going to be. Regardless of what you go through, that Christ is on the cross. He, I mean, he's on the throne. He knows what you're going through. He is the security. Now, in Romans 8, I love this. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything that in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That's security. Nothing can pluck you from the hands of God. That's security. Salvation in Christ is a beautiful thing. You got to have it. He is the more. That more do we desire is that relationship. Now this is, this is pretty cool. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in the, in the bodily form. In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Now we just talked about eating at the buffet. You know what fullness is, right? Right? You know what fullness is. So let me apply to all you coffee drinkers. Who, who drinks coffee in here? Raise your hand. Coffee drinkers. All right, who goes to Starbucks every now and then? Starbucks, a few people. Oh. All right, so we're at Starbucks. Look at the coffee cup on the right-hand side up top. It's got a little swirly stuff. It's pretty and cute. 
and it's a latte and people, man, it's filled to the rim. You got your money worth. That's full. This big coffee cup right below it, man, I bet some of you coffee drinkers could drink all that coffee. I mean, I know, I know some that I know who could drink all that coffee. And then you got this little pretty one on the top. It's got the sprinkles and it's, it's above the, it's above the rim. So it's full, right? So this is the fullness of Christ, right? No, this is the fullness of Christ. This is the image where you see a cup that's overflowing and it's going down his fingers and, and it's overflowing the cup. So this is the fullness of Christ. Y'all agree with me now on this one? Nope. Sorry. It isn't the fullness. Let me go back to the scripture we read this morning. It was about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, where Jesus came up and said, hey, can you, can you give me a cup of water? And she's like, Who? you can't ask me that. You're Jewish. I'm a Samaritan woman. And she said, anyway, you don't have anything to draw water from. Jesus says, the water I have, you will never have to go back and draw again. What is this water, she says? It's living water. And the key point here is, you will never have to draw back into this well again. The water I give you will well up in you like eternal life. So no, those two examples were not the fullness. Let me show you the fullness. Right, everybody, coffee drinker or not, grab, grab a cup. Put your hand here and grab a little cup. Alright, put your hand out there. Alright, we can't go until everybody's ready. Everybody, so you got your cup up there. So I'm going to show you the fullness. This is the fullness. Okay, it's not a full cup of coffee uh, from Starbucks. It's not a big cup of coffee. It's not run, water just running over your fingers. Oh, y'all can drink the cup now. Go ahead and drink the cup. I'm just joking. That's not part of it. <laughs> but it, it's the fullness. Just think of this Niagara Falls never-ending source of water. This is, this is what Christ is for us. This is what he is. This is the fullness that you have when you have Christ. Stop going to the well of this world. It's never going to quench your thirst. Never. Go to that well that Jesus has, this never-ending source of, of water, life. The cup is full with him. It's full and overflowing. You can stick that cup under there and drink as much as you want. It's never going to stop. Christ is always there with you. You need Christ. And you need more of them. Now, I've got a quick opportunity. Uh, I've got a couple of youth that want to kind of share what they experienced on this youth retreat. Uh, oh, Caleb. All right, come on. Come on down, man. Let me meet you where you're at. Yeah. So, um, what did you get out of this, this ski retreat? Well, um, I got a lot of things, and I got I got more than I can handle. Um, <laughs> this was my seventh ski retreat, and I know that might seem like a lot, but like I said, it's it's never enough. You know, um, I get so many things from the ski trip that I could never get anywhere else. Um, I, I get the chance to lead worship for um, 40 or so teenagers, and it's just, it's so awesome. Um, and we have, we have worship, and we have, um, we have just time to hang out, we have time to ski, and 
Um, there's there's just so much. Um, there was one night where um, it was a time of prayer where people came and they they were prayed over for injuries or just you know spiritual warfare kind of stuff. And um, I I was I was playing some music, so I just I got to watch. I didn't get to pray over anyone, sadly, but I I just got to watch and I got to see the spirit working in people. I could just see it in their faces and and then in their um their body language. I could just see how the spirit changed them and um just having the opportunity of that to do that was was incredible. And um every year I go on this heat trip, I just on the way back I I think about next year, you know, next year's gonna be so awesome and um it's it's never disappointed. God always shows up on this key trip, so Amen. it was it was great. Thank you. We got one more over here. I'll run back here. So I want you to walk up here so some people can see you. Okay. Hello, everybody. So. Who are you? I'm Elizabeth Bachelor. Um, I don't know if everybody knows, but the day before we left for the ski trip, I sprained my ankle pretty bad. So I still went. I was on crutches the whole weekend, and I didn't get to ski. And that was really tough for me. Like, um, I went, and I was planning on skiing, and I was planning on having a good time. And spraining my ankle just, it hit me hard, and not just physically. I was worried that because I wasn't skiing and because I wasn't hanging out with everybody all day and spending time with them, there was part of me that was scared that I wasn't going to be accepted. And just staying in the lodge and watching everybody's stuff, it was, it was hard. But I know there was a reason that I didn't get to ski, whether it was because I would get even more injured out on the slopes or if there were, was, like, if somebody else got injured and I needed to sit with them and hold them while they cried or something but there was a reason that I had to stay in the lodge and I found out that God works in mysterious ways and I was accepted and I was totally 100% accepted over the weekend and that just it touched my heart (laughs) yeah one more alright so Rachel real quick I'm really grateful for the ski trip because every year it's like a chance to get away and I think whenever like for all of us whenever like school and work gets really stressful it's just nice to be just involved in nature and with your friends and see God move for a while in them and in you and it's and it's always like a like a breath of fresh air I think so Amen. Thank you. Hey, oh, this is so loud. Um, <laughs> I'm Gracie. Um, this is my seventh year in the ski trip also. And, all right, this is really loud, intimidating me. Um, I'm a junior, if you didn't know, in high school. And so this year I've been, like, focusing on just, like, kind of getting my life together and, like, trying to get, like, new experiences and stuff under my belt for, like, college and just, like, looking towards my future. And I think on the ski trip, something that I took out of it was just, like, finding my more my more in like the right places and like not searching for it in like worldly things but searching for it through God's help and like him leading me in my future and 
the skiing was good too. I'm not. I'm still not good at skiing seven <laughs> years later, but. Thank you. So we. Uh, it was a, it was a great trip. And and so I just you know for right now I just I just. I just have a, a sense that who who in here who in here needs more of Jesus? Raising your hand, who needs more of Jesus? All right, so so I would like to get a, we got a few uh, youth to come on up, and uh, I've got a few leaders that would be willing to come on up. Um, so let me ask you again: who who needs more? Who would like more of Jesus? Raising your hand. Um, we're going to give the youth an opportunity to pray for you. If you feel like you need more of Jesus, come and let these youth pray for you. Um, maybe you don't need more of Jesus. You'll be, you'll be the only one out there. But if you need more of Jesus, come up. We've got, we've got adult leaders here. We've got youth here. They want to pray for you that you can have more of Jesus. So we'll just take this time to come on down and just, just come and get more, more of Jesus.